Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Pop it to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round, me, you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the haters in heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind If you would have told me the 2022 Philadelphia 76ers looking the way that they've looked so far this season without James Harden lose Tyrese Maxey at halftime who has 24 and 5 at the half would go on to beat the 11 and 2 Milwaukee Bucks I would have told you you're out of your damn mind. But that's just what happens around here, man. Nothing makes any sense. I said last night, they're going to win because I think they're going to lose. When I think they're going to lose, they win. When I think they're going to win, they lose. It's just the way it goes. Run it back, Nation. What is good? It is your boy, DJ Eastwood. Run it back, Philly. No frauds, no fanboys, no intros ever, 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 ever. I'll go gang. Please hit the like button on the stream. That would be greatly appreciated on the YouTube side of things. The only way for us to defeat the machine, for us to jump ahead of ESPN and everybody else that pays a lot of money to be at the top, is for all of you to hit the like button. Thank you to everyone who hits the like button. 165 people in here. I think I deserve 165 likes. If you're listening on an Apple podcast or Spotify, please leave a five-star review. If you if you haven't listened on Apple Podcasts or Spotify yet or any other podcast platform, we are now professionally mastered by Merkel Media, and we are on all podcast platforms. Just search Run It Back Philly on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform if you want to listen to these the next day while you're mowing the lawn, while you're doing the laundry, while you're at work, whatever you're doing, if you want to listen to it in crystal clear audio form, run it back Philly on Apple Podcasts and all podcast platforms. Cassell1982 with a $10 super chat. Thank you for the support. As always, Eastwood, you are the man. Hashtag run it back Philly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are the man, Cassell, for supporting the movement. Now, 
What else we got to talk about? Oh, yeah. Check out the merch. You want one of these Run It Back Philly t-shirts? Click the link in the description. Go and get one. You support me as an independent content creator, and you get you some comfortable, high-quality t-shirts, hoodies, hats, beanies, the whole nine. Let's get into the business, man. If you would have told me this team, the way they look so far this season, was going to come out and beat the Milwaukee Bucks, I would have said you're nuts. It, it, I... I <laughs> I, I'll have to watch it a second time to really understand what happened. That, that's what kind of feeling I have about this game. I, I I'm confused. Um, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the 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 thing that happened that I know happened o- on the first watch is the Sixers played defense in the second half. And look, I didn't know the Sixers were going to start playing defense in the third quarter of Game 15. In 2022-2023, you know, we said we signed the dogs. We got P.J. Tucker. We got Montrez Harrell. We got DeAnthony Melton. We signed all these guys that are going to help us with our problems, which were which our problems were being soft. Our problems were, were being out-hustled, out-rebounded, intensity. So we thought this was going to happen at the beginning of the season. Took us until 15 games in for us to lock in defensively in a third quarter and slow down former MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo and force other guys to try to beat us. Drew Holiday coming off an injury, couldn't shoot the ball to save his life. Uh, You got Grayson Allen out there chucking up threes. They were playing without Chris Middleton. We're playing without James Harden, and we lose Tyrese Maxey in the first half. This team showed fight. I tweeted, you know, midway through the third quarter or or maybe I think the start of the fourth quarter and I said no matter the outcome of this game I'm happy with the fight that I've seen from this Sixers team tonight possibly for the first time this season and I mean fight, hustle, effort from everybody on the floor not just Joel Embiid because he gave us that for three, three games in a row now maybe more than that this season First couple games, he didn't give us that. He started to lock in, but it seems like tonight the rest of the team started to lock in. They did have four days off. Maybe they were working on communication. I don't know what they were working on. Doc Rivers before the game said there was a there's random injuries here and there that prevented them from having the practices that they want. So he was already making up excuses before we even played the game. But they just looked locked in in the second half, uh, and I saw a fight from this team. It was one of those things where you know Maxi goes down with the with the turn in his ankle on uh, Von Von what's his name man turns his ankle on uh, uh let me get his name real quick bro because I don't want to say it wrong Von 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 where you at bro where you at Javon Carter he turns his foot on on Javon Carter's foot, steps on Javon Carter's foot, turns his ankle or twists his foot, whatever it was. He's going to have an MRI, uh, an MRI tomorrow, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, so you know, let's all hope that Tyrese Maxey doesn't have something that keeps him out for an extended amount of time, because he was absolutely lights out in the first half of this game. But it was one of the, it felt like one of those things that when your brother goes down 
you want you kind of you kind of watched how much he was fighting the first half and he went down and everybody else wanted to step up kind of in honor of that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else wanted to step up in honor of that. And also basketball players don't want they don't want to lose and they also don't want a player to go out and, and to just get smacked by 30 points because then it shows like oh you you know he let, he the good one one of the good ones got hurt and you guys couldn't step up and, and deliver a W. So, you know, I saw a couple of guys uh, really, really step up and and do their part. Um, Shake Milton, you got to give give credit to Shake Milton. When when Maxie went out, I said, "Damn, you know, we're without James Harden. Now we lose Tyrese Maxie, who we were just saying last week isn't even a point guard, but he was the only closest thing we have to a facilitator, to a floor general." Uh, closest thing we have to that besides James Harden. Now we lose him. I said, we don't even have a point guard. Who are we going to play? We don't even have a point guard. Shake Milton said, I got you. DJ Eastwood, I heard you talking at trash. I heard you talking at trash on running back Philly all week, all we- all season so far. I got you. Shake Milton stepped up huge in that fourth quarter, man. So many plays. Where he got into his bag and and Shake Milton's bag is, you know that pick that that coming around a screen and getting in the lane and getting those sneaky little floaters up over the rim and things like that. So, shout out to Shake Milton too. But, uh, just I saw a lot of fight, saw a lot of fight in the Sixers when Maxi went out. Now, before I get dive deep into. Everything I want to talk about, the first topic at hand is, hey, first of all, uh, Prince Monito, thank you for the super chat, my guy. Always appreciate the support. Mr. Glenn has been saved again. Yeah, Glenn Rivers got saved, man. Glenn Rivers got saved. Um, I'm happy with the win, though, and and I'm going to talk about Doc Rivers and the things that he did in this game and what I think about it. And what I think you should think about it, and what I think we all should think about it moving forward. Sean Quigg has been a member for 10 months. Thank you for being a member of the No Fraud Zone for 10 months. By the way, when you become a member of the channel, you get a little logo next to your name. You stand out in the chat, and you get shouted out every month. YouTube tells us how long you've been a member, and it highlights your comment in the chat. Sean Quick says it must have really hurt Doc Girardi to play Reed those 12 minutes, but he matches up best with Giannis. Glad he went with him. We're going to talk about it, man. We're going to talk about it. Thank you for the support. Thank you for being a member. All that. We are definitely going to talk about it. But first, we must talk about this. I need all of the Joel Embiid haters to group around me. What word am I looking for? congregate i need all of the joel Embiid haters to congregate all of the people this season yeah he started out slow and i showed the numbers i'm pretty sure uh i'm pretty sure sean bernard tweeted the numbers earlier this season talking about last year what he did the first 13 games and what he did after the first 13 games he's 7 to 280 pounds he's always rehabbing something he's always in an ice bath He's always he's always has ice on his knees. He always has his feet, you know, in one of those, you know, one of the foot massage ice things, whatever it is. 
He's always rehabbing, guys. We got to remember that about Joel Embiid. He's not a normal basketball player. He doesn't get to just go in the offseason and say, all right, guys, where are we playing ball today? And go play pickup ball all summer at the at the Drew League, at the whatever, the YMCA, whatever they all these NBA players get to do. Joel Embiid just doesn't get to do that. It just is what it is. So he starts the season slow. The problem is people jump the gun. People jump the gun. I I was saying I didn't like his effort, and I didn't like his effort in the beginning of the season. But people jump the gun with the Joel Embiid is washed, and we're never going to win with Joel Embiid, and we need to trade Joel Embiid right now, and on and on and on. You guys, you guys were being maniacs to start the season. And then he drops a 59-11-8 game against the Utah Jazz. And people say, I don't care until he does it against the Bucks. I don't care until he does it against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Don't talk to me about what Joel Embiid did in a game against the freaking Utah Jazz, DJ Eastwood. Until he does it in a game that matters, I don't want to hear it. That's what they said. That's what they were saying. They were also saying he won't do it against the Bucks. He won't do it against Giannis. He won't do it against Lopez. They weren't saying he won't do it against Lopez, but nobody talks about Lopez. Lopez is a is an incredible defender so far this season, by the way. And he blocked Joel Embiid a couple of times. But there you have it. And I've said myself before that Joel Embiid needs to do these things in bigger games, in bigger moments in bigger matchups, in games that matter more than the Utah Jazz on a Wednesday in November. And gosh darn it, I'm trying to censor that GD word out of my vocabulary, by the way. People don't like when I say that, and I respect it, and I don't want to offend people. Trying to censor that GD word out of my language. Gosh darn it, Joel Embiid, came into this game, national TV, ESPN, 76ers versus Bucks. We're playing without James Harden. They're playing without Chris Middleton and a couple other guys. We're both banged up. We're playing without Furkan Korkmaz, man. We came into a game without Furkan Korkmaz. Jaden Springer's injured. How are we supposed to win? The, the odds were our backs are against the wall. We're playing without Korkmaz and Jaden Springer. <laughs> That's a joke. Anyway, both teams are kind of banged up. Joel Embiid comes out from the moment the jump ball happened. He is fighting. He says, I don't give a damn who's injured. I don't give a damn what my roster looks like, what their roster looks like, what their record is, what my record is. I don't give a damn. I'm willing this team to a victory. And you saw that in his intensity from the moment the ball was tipped. And that's the Joel Embiid we need the whole season. And hopefully healthy when the playoffs start and we get that level of intensity and level of performance in the playoffs. 
It's not about playing 40 minutes. It's not about dropping a 60-point quadruple double. It's about when he's on the floor, which, again, I think should be only around 30 minutes, 31, 32. What do you have tonight? 36 and a half tonight. A little higher than I like. But when he's on the floor, we need that intensity on both sides of the floor all the whole time he's out there. And that's a lot to ask of anybody, let alone somebody that's the size of a giraffe. But he's but he can do it. And he knows he can do it. And he was locked in from the time this game started. I'm pretty sure it was in the first quarter where he just took two dribbles and tried to just slam on Brooke Lopez. Uh, Daniel House tried to dunk on him too. I just liked his aggression right off the bat. So Joel Embiid gives you 32 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks, and eight assists. In 36 minutes and 50 seconds, 12 for 26 from the floor, 2 for 6 from the three-point line, only 6 for 8 from the free-throw line. And when Giannis was shooting all those free-throws and shanking them off the front of the rim, air-balling free-throws! I was explaining to my girlfriend, nobody talks about how many calls Giannis gets because he sucks! at shooting free throws. People only bring that up with Joel Embiid because you have to foul him to stop him, except he's a very, very good free throw shooter, which is a deadly combination for somebody who's as physically unstoppable as Joel Embiid. People only talk about it because he can make the free throws. If you can't make the free throws, nobody cares how many times you go to the line. Giannis went to the line 15 times. He made four. Four, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, PA, shot 26.7% from the free throw line. Anyway, back to Embiid. Joel Embiid was phenomenal. And in the fourth quarter, close game, down by three, he starts going off. So not only did he lead his team the entire game, although Maxi was doing what he was doing in the first half. Joel gave us intensity on both sides of the floor and in the fourth quarter, in crunch time, when it was a close game, he took it over. 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 And he didn't back down to Brooke Lopez after being blocked at the rim a couple of times. Lopez even blocked a turnaround jump shot. Do you know how high in the air you have to get your fingertips to be able to block a Joel Embiid turnaround jump shot. So credit to Brooke Lopez. His defense was incredible in this game, but that that did not alter Joel's mindset. He didn't back down, and he said, you know what, I'm just going to keep going right at him. It doesn't matter. He got blocked on the jump shot. Couple plays later, he got under the rim. What all you old heads who are always crying, oh, He's a center. I'm tired of him shooting so many damn three-pointers back in my day. On the stoop, drinking a PBR, yelling about Joel Embiid shooting threes. They say, he has to get on the block. He's a center. 
Well, guess what? He got pissed off. He got fired up. And he got on the block in crunch time. And he went right at Lopez. And after Lopez blocked that turnaround jump shot, he went through his chest. Two dribbles right to the rim. And what I loved about the play, if you know what play I'm talking about specifically, he got it on the left block. He just turned, took two dribbles, put his shoulder in, in Lopez's chest and, and laid the ball in the hoop. And he went up quick with it. You know, He didn't do a pivot, turnaround, hook, nothing. Just bang, bang, it went up quick. So Lopez is stumbling from getting punched in the chest and doesn't have time to react because it was a quick shot. I love that from Joel. He had his jump shot falling. The hezzy pull-up Jimbo. You know what I'm saying? The rhythm dribble, as Doris Burke tells us. Had that going in the fourth quarter. Played defense the whole fourth quarter. The whole nine. Did everything. Once again. The thing that's really, really, really standing out to me about Joel Embiid this season that I haven't seen before. I saw a little bit of it last season. But the thing that's really standing out that I haven't seen at this level in his career is his passing ability. And it just occurred to me while watching this game. It occurred to me while watching this game when Joel Embiid made that joke at Sixers press day. And he said, I didn't do anything this summer. I I was on the couch the whole summer. He didn't say I didn't do anything. He said, I was on the couch the whole summer. You'll just have to wait and see. It all makes sense now. He was on the couch watching Nikola Jokic pass the ball and studying. Studying. Passing the ball from the elbow. Studying. Passing the ball from the top of the key. Studying. You know Joel only picked up a basketball when he was, when he was what, 16, 17? He's a genius. He really is a genius. He learned how to shoot by watching people shoot. Not many people can do that. So he has he has a bit of a photographic memory, whatever the word is for it. When you can just when you can watch something and just emulate it, you know all the Hakeem Olajuwon double dream shake pivot moves, all that stuff. He just learned that by watching people. He has that ability. He can also do that with passing the ball. He can watch somebody. I don't know if he was actually watching Nicole Jokic. I wouldn't be shocked if he was because that's the guy he should be watching if he wants to add playmaking into his game. <coughs> he can watch a guy like that and emulate it. Probably not to the exact ab- ability of Nikola Jokic. Let's be serious. The guy's a magician with the ball at his size. But for Joel Embiid to do what he's doing, facilitating the ball this way, is amazing. It really is. And I like watching it. They bring the double team. He brings the ball high. And all of a sudden, he's a quarterback. You want to bring the double team? I'm the quarterback. I'm the quarterback. And he just reads the defense, finds the open man, drops a dime. Dime to Anthony Melton in the corner. Dime to Shake Milton underneath the basket. Dime here, dime there. All in the fourth quarter. He was doing everything. So that's what he meant when he said he was on the couch the whole summer. He was on the couch watching somebody passed the ball and he was studying. Joel's becoming a playmaker. And he knew. Good teams have taken me out of games by throwing the kitchen sink at me because I'm turnover prone when they do that. He knows that. 
He's been like that for years now. His his Achilles heel has always been passing out of the double team, triple team. And we've seen playoff games where the, the, the other team's strategy is just fuck it. Guard him with all five guys. That was the only way you could slow down Joel Embiid in the NBA. That was the only way. And if he is now taking on double teams and instead of forcing it and turning it over, recording eight assists, and guys missed three-point shots too. He probably would have had 10, 11, or 12 assists. Maybe more. If he's taken away that defensive strategy because now you're going to double and triple him and he's going to drop dimes all over the floor, the league's in trouble if that's the case. Joel B. finishes with eight assists. His assist numbers have been high lately, man. In the 59-point game, he had eight assists. Uh, he has eight assists in this one, and it was beautiful, and I can't wait to you know click on all of them individually and watch all of the assists that he had. I'll probably do that again for the Patreon this week on Wednesday. Patreon.com slash Philly. If you subscribe there, you get an exclusive video every Wednesday. We'll probably break down Joel Embiid's assists as part of it. Stay tuned. Go over there and sign up. What else I want to talk about in this game, man? Um, Maxi, man. Maxi was on pace for 50. He was on pace for 48, but, you know, he was playing an incredible game in the first half, and it sucks that he stepped on Javon, Javon Carter, Javon Carter's foot. Um, you know, obviously a dirty play by Javon Carter sliding his foot in there and, and making Maxi step on his foot. I'm joking. It's not a dirty play. It's a basketball play. It's happened to all of us who have played ball throughout our lives. If sometimes you just step on a guy's foot, and it sucks. And it sucks that there's no way to prevent that. There's nothing you can wear. There's nothing you can do. It's just part of the game. It happens to everybody. Uh, it sucks that it happened right there because Maxi was on pace for another career night, and I really liked Tyrese Maxey in this game before he went out, obviously. I really liked what he was doing. Um, and again, for me, with Tyrese Maxey in this game, it was the confidence. And it was the it was the comfortability on the offensive side of the ball, handling the ball, running the offense, having the the, the confidence and knowing I am him. I am him. I am not a sidekick. I am not a second option, especially with James Harden out. I am not a second option. Me and Joel Embiid are 1A and 1B. I am him. That's what Tyrese Maxey was showing me in this game from the jump. Coming around screens and not kind of looking around like, okay, should I shoot it? Should I pass it back to Joel? Should I... You you can clearly see in those couple games this season, a lot of times last year, especially in the playoffs, unsure, uncertainty. He's had a couple games so far this season where he looked absolutely sure of himself, and he looked absolutely sure of himself in this game, and he was on a freaking roll before he stepped on Javon Carter's foot and went out of the game uh, for the rest of the game. And that sucks. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the MRI says. And hopefully it's not, it doesn't keep him out for an extended amount of time. But again, I thought we were absolutely screwed when that happened. I thought we were absolutely screwed. Um, And the team stepped up. 
in, in a way that I, I didn't see coming. Again, it was Shake Milton stepped up, and Shake Milton still has a broken three-point jump shot. I don't know what the hell happened to his shot, man. It looks like he pushes it from the side of his shoulder. kind of shoots like Markel Fultz after he wrecked that motorcycle. He did hit a three in the corner later in the game that was big time, and it doesn't look good, but it went in. But I love that he was doing controlling the ball, getting in the lane, running pick and rolls and pick and pops with Joel Embiid. So I want to say again, kudos to Shake Milton for what he did in this game. He was incredible when we were down and out, when we when we needed a guard, when, when we didn't have a single point guard on the roster left. Can can you call can you call DeAnthony Milton a point guard or DeAndre Milton as the ESPN announcer called him? Can you call him a point guard? I don't think so. He did he did what he could handling the ball uh, when Maxi went out, but I, I really think Shake Milton controlled the game and gave us a couple of huge buckets uh, down the stretch that we really really needed badly. So you know I was happy to see Shake Milton um, do that. Shake Milton had six points in the fourth quarter. Joel Embiid had eight points in the fourth quarter. Shake Milton had six points in the fourth quarter. Those were gigantic six points. Three for four from the field, two rebounds, an assist, a steal, and six points in the fourth quarter for Shake Milton. That's just absolutely huge. Uh, DeAnthony Milton hit a three again. That was the one that Joel swung it to him in the corner off a double team. Joel catches it on the elbow. You see little-ass Drew Holiday. And look, I mean, I say little-ass Drew Holiday. The guy's a tank if I saw him in real life. Like, let's be serious. He's a giant compared to me. But compared to Joel Embiid, he's a little-ass Drew Holiday. The funny thing about when when teams try to double team Joel Embiid, they they seem like they don't really have a strategy most of the time. They're just like, all right, just throw another player at him, see what happens. Why would you bring Drew Holiday from the other side of the floor to double Joel Embiid? So Drew Holiday flies at him at the elbow, leaving DeAnthony Melton wide open, and Embiid can make the pass easily because he's like six feet taller than Drew Holiday. He's not six feet taller, but you know what I mean. It looks like he is. Anyway, makes the pass in the corner to DeAnthony Melton for three. Um Loved it. Another big decision, another big thing in this game that really mattered and really shocked me. I guess it didn't shock me. I'll be shocked if it continues. I'll be shocked if it doesn't revert. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. All right. Another thing in this game was the lineup in the third quarter. The lineup in the third quarter. Let's talk about it. Okay, first of all, the end of the first quarter, Joel Embiid goes out with about two minutes left. Tyrese Maxey comes back in the game. And I was like, Joel's out of the game and Giannis is still in the game. And we started the game with P.J. Tucker guarding Giannis. And it wasn't really working that well. First of all, the first play of the game, the first possession of the game for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Bobby Portis got an offensive rebound and just put it back in the hoop, jumping over everybody. And I was like, great. Here's one of the best rebounding teams in the league against one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. We're absolutely cooked. And we're guarding Giannis with, with P.J. Tucker. And I love P.J.'s fight. And I think in the second half, P.J. guarded Giannis a lot better than he did in the first half also. I love P.J.'s fight, but let's be serious. He's almost a foot shorter. Than Giannis handed a Kumbo. He's about six inches shorter than Giannis handed a Kumbo. 
And I, I just I don't like the matchup simply because of the height difference. He's good at bodying him. He's good at forcing him off of his spots and making it difficult. Uh, but I don't necessarily love it. If that like that's what we were doing to start the game, and I was like, damn, this is what we're doing to start the game. PJ Tucker's going to guard Giannis the whole game. We're cooked. I think he did a good job on him overall. First half didn't look so good from from just what I was seeing. Now I don't know if the stats say that or not. I didn't look at it like deep enough, but that's just kind of what I feel like I saw watching the first half. The third quarter is where Doc Rivers made the right decisions. And it was the easy decisions, which is what shocks me all the time when he does all the crazy things that he does. It's not that complicated. When Joel went out in the third quarter and Giannis was still in the game, who did he bring in the game? Got it out the mud! B-ball Paul. Paul Reed. And a couple of times, he got foul calls. Uh, some of them were one of those, like, the referees are just like, who the hell is this guy? That's got to be a foul because I don't know who he is. He gets he gets called fouls for literally playing defense sometimes. I hate it. But Paul Reed played an incredible game the minutes that he was on the floor defensively. And again, I can't I can't figure out why it's taking this long to figure that out. Because we have rebounding issues. We have guarding the rim issues when Joel Embiid's out of the game. So in this game, let's look at the stats. Paul Reed, in 12 minutes of play, gives you six rebounds, a steal, uh, two points, one offensive rebound. And, you know, uh, he's obviously not one of those guys that, that, that shows up in the box score. But you got to really watch the game to see what he does. He played such good defense on Giannis in that third quarter. It changed the entire trajectory tra- trajectory of the game. It changed the entire outcome of the game. The Bucs could have ran away with that game if Doc Rivers would have done what I know he wanted to do, which was play Montrez Harrell against Giannis, or maybe leave P.J. Tucker on him, or get real crazy and run George Niang at the five. But he made the right decision. Play the taller, more athletic guy who can maybe stand a chance at guarding Giannis. And he plays Paul Reed in those important minutes on Giannis in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. And it worked. And again, it didn't show up crazy in the box score, but he made Giannis's job difficult. And really, once we took Giannis out of the game, the Bucs looked confused. They looked like they didn't know what to do. There was two times late in the game where Giannis chucked up a three-pointer with 17 seconds on the shot clock because he was probably so tired of getting in the lane and being frustrated at not being able to do what he wanted to do. So shout-out to Paul Reed, and I have to say shout-out to Doc Rivers for making the right decision. Now we'll see if he continues to make the right decision with the backup center rotation. A couple of minutes in this game, yes, I see you guys saying in the chat, a couple of minutes in this game, he had Paul Reed and Montrez Harrell on the floor together. Pretty sure to start that fourth quarter, right? I think all of Montrez's minutes came, maybe in the end of the third, I don't remember, but I know a lot of them were to start the fourth quarter when Joel was on the beat where he was strategically giving Joel a rest because he knew we're going to need you. We're going to need you. We're going to need you in the fourth. 
So I don't know if Doc came up with it. I don't know if it was a collective decision. I don't know if somebody actually implemented some analytics. But they ran Montrez and Paul Reed on the floor together in that fourth quarter before Joel Embiid came back in the game. And I, I one of the guys I collab with, man, I don't know if it was Romp or if it was uh, RB or maybe it was RB. I think RB said, no, I think it was Romp. I don't remember who it was. Somebody said they want to see Paul Reed and Embiid play together. I don't know if that's going to happen. But somebody also said to me, we should be running Trez and Paul Reed both on the floor in certain lineups because you get the offensive side of the ball and the offensive rebounding side of the ball from Montrez Harrell and you get the defense, the the face-up one-on-one defensive ability of Paul Reed and also the defensive rebounding. And he played both of them at the same time. So that was interesting to me. That's a big interesting part of this game, actually, and I want to see if that continues. Why is my dog whining, man? Andy Walken, man. Thank you for the super chat. Joel Embiid should never, ever be taken for granted. Ever. 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 Ever, 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 ever. And the reason is, here's why. You know, and I've had people come come at me over the years um, when when I was ripping Ben Simmons to shreds, when I rip anybody else on the team, I usually... Over the course of Joel's career, I usually don't slander Joel Embiid. And it's because, and, and people will come at me and say, why don't you ever put the blame on Joel? You know, why don't you ever put the blame? It's kind of because Joel Embiid does so much for this franchise that sometimes he has a bad game. Yeah, sometimes he looks not disinterested in certain games when he gets when he's being emotional, when he gets frustrated, on and on and on. But this team wouldn't even be close to anything without Joel Embiid in a Sixers uniform. You got to understand that. You got to understand that. You know, it's like the CEO taking a day or two off. You're like, oh, here goes this guy, man. The sales are down because he took it. And he's like, yeah, but I made you guys $100 billion last year. Let me take a day off. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's okay for him to look the way he looks sometimes out there on the floor in the beginning of a season but we wouldn't even be a legitimate, we wouldn't even be relevant. We wouldn't even be worthy of talking about if Joel Embiid didn't have a Sixers jersey on. It's so hard for me to slander Joel Embiid because of that. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, I grew up watching Allen Iverson, man, and I would get mad at a lot of things that team did. I would get a lot mad at a lot of things that happened. But it was always so hard for me to, talk bad about Allen Iverson even when he had a bad game, even when he did piss me off because the team was junk without him. They wouldn't have been close to anything without him. They would have been Aaron McKee, Eric Snow, Todd McCullough, Tyrone, I don't even know, Tyrone Biggums. Tyrone Hill was his name. Yeah, that's why. That's why, bro. Uh, Carlos Rosado, man, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate all of you supporting the channel, supporting the movement, helping us grow. With the super chat, salute Eastwood. A gutsy win by our Sixers tonight with three starters out against a very good Bucks team. And if Toby has traded, who you want in return? Um, people people roasted the hell out of me uh, <laughs> for saying John Collins earlier today, and I want to let you guys know why I said John Collins. And I'm not saying John Collins is some kind of amazing basketball player. You have to 
you have to accept reality here when it comes to Tobias Harris. For those that don't know, Tobias Harris apparently was put on a trade block today. Or his name by the Sixers, his name has been being thrown into trade talks by the 76ers management. And then suddenly today, and this is not an injury-prone player, Tobias Harris doesn't miss many games. And we didn't see an injury last game. We didn't see him limping around or struggling with anything. So randomly, today Shams Sharania tweets and says, Tobias Harris has been mentioned in trade talks. And then today, Tobias Harris is suddenly out with a sore hip. So obviously, you know, Twitter and everybody's putting it together. Hey, maybe Tobias is getting traded. Maybe that came up yesterday because there's a trade in the works. And maybe he's being traded, and maybe we held him out of this game because they have a trade in the works. I don't know. But I do know this. Two things when talking about the Tobias Harris trade situation, possible trade situation. I said John Collins. I said John Collins for one reason. Tobias Harris has a massive contract. It's hard to trade him with that contract because you got to match salaries. John Collins is probably overpaid, but he's paid $20 million a year versus 35. John Co- and you got to come to the realization you're not going to you're not going to get you're not going to date up. You know? When you trade Tobias Harris because of the contract He's a 17-point-per-game player making $35 million a year. It's damn near impossible to trade him with that contract. You're not going to trade him for a better player. You're not going to trade him for a flat-out better player. People are coming in the comments, and they got to be nine-year-olds, telling me telling me Brandon Ingram, telling me whoever else. Yeah, okay, let's just get John Morant for Tobias Harris. Like, What are we really talking about here? So I said John Collins because I think John, I think that's a you know and people were saying that's a that's a even that that's a that's not improving. It's not. I agree. Skill wise, if you line them both up next to each other, but John Collins fits better. Is all I'm saying. If you get a more athletic guy who's going to crash the boards, show a little bit more fight, be a little bit more of a hustle guy and rebounder. And still, not this season. He's not shooting great this season, but he's a career 35% three-point shooter. He's had seasons where he shot 40% from three and averaged 10 rebounds. And he's still relatively young. I was just saying, if you could get rid of the Tobias contract, trade Tobias Harris because the contract is crazy, but also he's just not the best fit. Next to Joel Embiid, let alone next to P.J. Tucker and Joel Embiid. And you could get a John Collins in return. I think that's a win. That's the only reason I was saying it. So many comments, John Collins, terrible. What are you talking about? Anyway, the second thing with the Tobias Harris trade talks, I forget the second thing. If Toby's if Toby's traded who you want in return, that's all I was saying. Is That's why I threw John Collins out there. Uh, yeah, you have to accept the fact that you're not going to get somebody significantly better for Tobias Harris. If you can get same level of player but fits your team a little bit better and you get rid of that massive contract, that's what you do. 
That's what I think about the Tobias Harris situation. You can give me your opinion. If you disagree, that's fine. Um, I just I, I think some of the names you guys are throwing out there are not possible. Like the teams are not going to give you those players for Tobias Harris. Carlos says, I wouldn't mind Jared Vanderbilt from Utah. I don't see a reason for Utah to trade for Tobias Harris at all. I just don't. Uh, it's it's not an easy trade. It's not an easy trade. It's not. But if I had to predict, I'm pretty sure John Collins' name came up in trade talks today too. So just saying, if I had to take a guess, that might be that might be the trade that happens. Whether whether we like it or not, whether some people think John Collins is terrible, whatever it is, that might be the trade. And yeah, Tobias Harris is not a bad basketball player. I would never say the Sixers are better without Tobias Harris if you're not getting something in return. He's just not the best fit for what this team needs right now and you t- and with the contract uh, taken into account also. Um, what else I got to talk about in this game, man? I think we started Daniel House Jr. That was interesting. Um, I-, I thought he played hard. Um, I'm, I'm not sure really you know, what Daniel House is, really. Uh, he tried to dunk on Brooke Lopez. Would have been huge, but he got swatted at the rim. Um, he played 30 minutes. He was three for six, one for two from three, uh, two rebounds, an assist, nine points, plus three. Okay, Daniel House, you did your thing. You did your thing. Uh, again, sucks that Maxi got hurt. Matisse Thibel. He had he he was uh, questionable with an injury, right? And then, and then uh, he played in this game, but he only played four minutes. Interesting there too. Um, Joel punches Giannis in the stomach, and Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw, not Boris Diaw. The hell's her name? Boris Diaw is an NBA player, bro. Burke? What's her name? Doris Burke. Doris Burke? I called her Boris Diaw. <laughs> I called her Boris Diaw, bro. <laughs> Do you guys remember Boris Diaw? <laughs> anyway, Joel Embiid... Uh, <laughs> Punches Giannis in the stomach. And Doris Burke goes absolutely nuts. I mean, if you just listened, for those that didn't see the play, I know a lot of people listen back to these and shut up. Shut up. I know a lot of you guys listen back to these. Uh, some people didn't get to watch the game. And they listened to this just to hear what happened and stuff. And I appreciate each and every one of you to tune in here. And on Apple Podcasts, and I would appreciate it if you went and gave me a review on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't plan on listening. Right, I gotta let my dog. I got. Go, you son of a bitch. Go. Jesus. Can't do anything around here, man. I really got to get a studio where I can just lock myself in it and tell everyone to leave me the hell alone. 
Anyway, for those that don't know, my dog comes up here and hangs out with me while I'm doing shows, except if somebody comes into the house, then she wants to go greet the person that came into the house, and and, and somebody just came into my house, and she was freaking out because she wants to run downstairs. So, yeah, anyway, that's what happened. But anyway, Giannis drives on Joel. Joel kind of gives him an elbow to the to the stomach. Um I thought it was just a hard foul. Yeah, the elbow was a little bit extended. But if you just heard the broadcast and you didn't see the play, you would have sworn Joel Embiid took brass knuckles out of his sock and knocked Giannis unconscious in the temple. I mean, she was freaking out, bro. I couldn't believe it. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, what is this chick talking about? She was like, oh, my God, that is terrible. That is horrific. That is so bad. I wouldn't be shocked if that's a fl- that should be a flagrant, too. He's got to be ejected from the game for this. This is not a basketball play. This is blah, 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 blah. You- Doris, you are the problem in today's sports. People like you, you soft. You want to ruin everything. You want to ruin everything. You're the reason, people like you, people like you are the reason a free safety is not allowed to come over the middle anymore and knock out a wide receiver in a violent game. People like you. She wanted a superstar on ESPN, and ESPN should probably talk to her about it. She wanted the superstar of the Philadelphia 76ers on ESPN against Giannis Antetokounmpo, prime time, a company that pays billions of dollars a year to broadcast these games. She wanted one of the star players of the show to be ejected from the game for a little extension on a forearm. What are we talking about here? Anyway, I I couldn't. Listen, bro, I couldn't. And I was happy that it was on ESPN because I didn't have to hear Allah Abdenabi, okay? Kate Scott is what she is. I, I feel like she tries a little bit too hard sometimes. Sometimes she screams her face off when somebody does a layup, whatever. I think she's calming down and becoming herself as as she gets more experience with it, but Allah is the constant educator. He Every single play that happens, he has to break it down in depth. You see what happened here is he, he pivots with his left and then he puts his right down. Here's what you do, kids. This is fundamentals here. He's the coach on the broadcast, I can't stand it. So I was happy it was on ESPN. But I turn on ESPN, and I get screaming A. Smith in the pregame. And I get Michael Wilbon, who clearly sits at home and watches the Golf Channel all day, try to tell me about my team. And he was so far off, it was it was embarrassing. He was so wrong and unknowledgeable about why do they bring Michael Wilbon on, on the NBA pregame show? He clearly doesn't watch the NBA. You can see it. I posted a clip on Instagram. Follow the Instagram page at Run It Back Philly. I posted a clip of Michael Wilbon talking about this team before the game, and it was insanity. First of all, they asked him, who's been more dominant this season so far, Giannis or Joel Embiid? And he said, dominant. He said, well, to me, that's wins. And, you know, Joel's been dominant, but his team isn't winning. And it's not his fault. 
Well, when you ask me about dominance, it's about wins. So Giannis, what are you talking about, bro? You just said he's dominant, and you just said it's not his fault, but then you're going to say his team record means that he's not dominant. You're an idiot. And then they ask him, does, do the Sixers have, does this, can this team win an NBA championship? And Michael Wilbon says, yes. They have all the ingredients. And I, I, I want to let you guys know, I think you saw a crazy game tonight because this supporting cast does not play like that every night. And he said they have all the ingredients. They have the, the stars. They have the, the, the supporting cast, and they have the coach. I'm out of here, Michael Wilbon. I'm out of here, bro. You probably hang out with Doc Rivers, and you're a guest on his podcast, and you go golfing with him. I'm out. I'm out. If you think that's true, if you think what you said right there is true, I'm out. I'm out. Um, but I don't think this is a championship team. At the end of the day, this is a great win. I can't believe they stepped up the way that they did with Tyrese Maxey going out at halftime. We shut down the Bucks in the third quarter. We did a great job at team defense of communicating. Um, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit back and and expect this all season. I wouldn't expect Doc Rivers to continue to make the right decisions with Paul Reed and Montrezl Harrell at the backup center. And I wouldn't bank on the supporting cast doing what they did tonight. Every game. <clears throat> I think something major needs to change. A Tobias Harris trade could help you out. A Tobias Harris trade could help you out. Keith Mack, uh, thank you for the $5 super chat. Pull up the Giannis video from a minute ago. Giannis acting a fool. What does that mean? He throws a ladder down? What did he do? <clears throat> All right, let's get Twitter up on the screen real quick. I don't usually do this on the post game live, but we'll do it. We'll we'll find it on Twitter real quick. Let me let me uh let me get Twitter up here, man. Uh, all right, we're on Twitter. Oh, we're in my messages. Almost showed you guys my messages. Not that there's anything in there, but uh, all right, let's get Twitter on the screen here. See see if we can get Twitter on the screen. There it is. Um. What did he do? He threw a ladder? Giannis throwing down the ladder and disrespecting the employee. What is going on? What? 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 What is this? I can't even click play. This is about to piss me off so bad. What is this? Hold on a second. What is this? This is after the game. What is he doing? What the fuck is he doing? Is this this is after the game, right? What is he doing, bro? What? What the hell just happened? 
So they're doing their job. These 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 nice gentlemen here are doing their job after a basketball game. They're probably supposed to take the nets off the rim. And Giannis wants to go out there and practice his free throws because he shot four for 7,000. Are you kidding me? Look at this nice little old man. That's not an old man. That's a girl. Is that a girl? I don't know. Is that a guy? Is that an old man with a ponytail or is that a girl? I don't want to get canceled here. It can't be a girl. Oh, my God. Giannis will get fired from the NBA if that's a female. He pushes the ladder with the guy holding it. Then he's like, I'm trying to shoot free throws here. Get the goddamn ladder out of the way. What the hell? Bro, there has to be repercussions for this. This is unacceptable behavior. This is not okay. This is absolutely not okay. First of all, he could have put this... He, he put this person right here. I think this is a dude, bro. This is a guy. This is a guy with, this is a guy with a ponytail. He puts this person who's just trying to do their job in a dangerous position with a ladder. With a 12-foot ladder. He could have caught somebody's arm in this thing, somebody's leg. What is he doing? It falls over. It could have hit someone in the head right there. I've never seen this before in my life. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. He needs to be suspended for that. He absolutely needs to be suspended for that. That is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. What's wrong with this dude, bro? Who are you mad at? Who are you mad at, Giannis? You're the one that shot four for 7,000 from the, from the free throw line and got embarrassed. Everybody in the, in the, everybody in the damn arena got free chicken nuggets for life. You cost Chick-fil-A $70,000. And you're mad at the guy with the ladder? You're mad at the guy with the ladder? Uh, Giannis, practicing, for, practicing free throws right now is not going to help you. You've sucked at free throws for eight years. But it's the guy with the ladder's fault. Nah. I ain't with that. I ain't with that. Thank you guys for telling me about that, by the way. What the hell? What the hell just happened? <laughs> I was trying to do math on the on the free nuggets for everyone in the arena. It's a 40,000-seat arena. Bro? Might be 70K. Might be more than 70K, man. If Listen. If I'm the dude... If I'm the dude with the ponytail right there holding the ladder, I'm putting my arm inside that damn thing. If you're telling... Listen. And I'm not joking when I say this. You got to be able to think on the spot in life. Giannis is worth $300 million. If you have an opportunity to physically fight Giannis Antetokounmpo, you do it. It doesn't matter how bad you get beat down, you do it. You sacrifice yourself for future generations of your family. That's what you do. In that moment, I'm sticking my arm inside that ladder and I'm saying, I'm not moving. And I'm flexing on him, bro. 5'10", 180 pounds. I'm flexing on Giannis. And I'm saying, if you want to move this ladder, you got to move me with it. And then Giannis body slams me with the ladder 
through the floor, breaks my arm, and I get a multi-million dollar lawsuit, and my family is set for generations. Got to think on your toes, bro. Got to think on your toes, man. Money moves, baby. <laughs> anyway, hey, man, that's ridiculous. I can't believe you did that. I hope you get suspended for it. Uh, Yeah, hey, thank you guys for hanging out, man. It is a Friday night. Uh, great win by the Sixers. I'm impressed that they're, that they're supporting cast stepped up the way that they did. Joel Embiid's on a different level right now. Took him a couple games. He started the season slow, but he's on a different level right now. I think his facilitating is something that we're, that we're not talking about enough uh, when we talk about you know what he's doing and how good he really is. He's added something to his game now that might be taking away the one thing other teams had against him. You know what I mean? It might be taken away. He, Joel Embiid might have taken away the one thing, his one Achilles heel. If he becomes the playmaker that he's looked like the past couple games, he might be completely unstoppable. Tyrese Maxey was on pace for 48 points and 10 assists, which would have been absolutely nuts. Sucks that he turned his ankle. But for the supporting cast to step up, for Shake Milton to step up like that, for DeAnthony Melton to do what he did, for Daniel House to do what he did in certain moments, uh, for Paul Reed and, and Montrez Harrell to play the way that they played when Embiid was on the bench, the whole team came together in a moment of uncertainty and won a game with their backs against the walls, man. That was a blue-collar underdog victory, and I'm very happy about it. We'll see what happens moving forward. I would like for you guys to enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you for tuning in. I love each and every one of you. 387 people still in here. Please give me 387 likes. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Listen to me on Apple Podcasts and other platforms in Mastered Audio crystal clear all that go over to apple Podcasts right now i need you to do me this huge favor even if you don't plan on listening to the podcast at all i need you to pull your phone out i need you to go to the apple podcast app what did i hit right here apple podcast is all i need you to do right here go there you search search run it back philly Go there, you click on it, you scroll down, and you hit leave a review, and you leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's what you do, baby. I need five stars. I only have 47 ratings on there. I need, it. I need that to be over 100 tonight. I need 53 people that are watching this right now to hit that Apple Podcasts app and leave me some reviews. Get me in that algo. That's all I got, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Go sick. It's actually funny because I was saying I'm rooting against the Sixers because I want them to lose terribly and I want Doc Rivers to get fired. But then I'm watching the game and I'm screaming, rooting for him. Like I can't, I can, I can say in my own mind I'm going to root against the Sixers because I want Doc Rivers. But when I'm watching, I can't. I physically can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I wanted to beat the Bucks. I wanted to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, and they did that. And they did that. Quit testing me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Cause I'm looking like Wesley. Test me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Cause I'm looking like Wesley.
Yes, yes, yes.